Aren't you glad your loved one's in heaven? Yes. When you hear a song like this, it just thrills your heart that you know they're saved. Amen. Saved by the grace of God. So many people have been saved through our, our church in the last 42 years of existence, almost 42. I uh, don't know how many really got saved, but I know a lot of them did get saved. Remember one little junior boy missed hell by one week, got saved in vacation Bible yeah. school. He didn't have a chance to grow, and uh, I pray that these children have a chance to grow as we follow up on them. Turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 38 through 40. I've been preaching for 45 years, I believe 45, 41 here and four down in Claxton, full-time ministry, and that's a long time, and I was thinking how many messages I preach, but I believe that probably I had the hardest time on this message of getting the message. I was thinking, what am I going to preach? And I don't usually do that, but uh, when you preach so many messages, if you're not careful, it'll become routine, or you'll just get it over with. But sometimes it's a battle. This one was a battle, uh, just getting the message. And so I want you to pray for me. And the Lord told me, why don't you just go back to the series and preach on Mark? And so many people skip on Sunday night. I thought, well, they'll miss it. Well, that's their fault, not mine. I'm going to preach it. Amen? Amen. And... Um, I want to start with verse 35 where we preach this morning. I don't want to take up the rest of the chapter and end that. Then next Sunday morning, I want you to bring somebody lost because I'm preaching on the second coming in Mark chapter 13 and about the great tribulation. I don't think I've ever preached on the tribulation that somebody didn't get saved or get under conviction to be saved. Amen? And so I'm looking forward uh, to seeing God work next Sunday. But we need to bring visitors. Amen? I mean, bring visitors. And don't forget to bring visitors these... Uh, uh, cookouts and the ladies' meetings. Sometimes they'll come to the ladies' meeting or the cookout when they won't come to church. And we don't care. We just want them to come to break the ice and show them that we love people, have a good time as Christians. So every activity ought to be a soul-winning activity. Amen. Ultimately, it ought to win souls. So we're not just cooking for our own stomachs. And I appreciate you men that were volunteered during the handshaking time to help Brother Donald. He can't do it all. He wants to have baked potatoes, hush puppies, slaw, baked beans, boy, I mean, it's going to be a feast. But I want to tell you something, what's important is Brother Jerry, Jerry Smith, our newest missionary, is going to be preaching the gospel and preaching to men for a few minutes, and um, we're going to have a great time of uh, just being together. And then the ladies, uh, this is the deadline, see Miss Angie, for the uh, art material that you need to get, this is the deadline now, they got to, they got to order it, I guess, like we got to order the fish. We're going to cook the fish, but we're not going to catch it, amen, unless y'all caught a lot more than I think you did yesterday. And uh, we're, going to, we're going to, matter of fact, Brother Eddie texted me. I sent him up to Eddie's pond, Brother Eddie Killian. He said, who are they? And I, he, he forgot that Brother Jason lined it up for them to fish at his pond. He said, who are those people in the Whitfield Baptist? I said, oh, they're just prison release people. They'll be all right, amen. Don't worry about a thing, Amen. Uh, we just got them out of prison, and they'll, they'll, they won't take much. But what they do take, uh, they'll enjoy. <laughs> and, uh, and he didn't text back a bit. But anyway, I told him afterwards and showed him the pictures of all those fishing rods and new tackle boxes and, and how they learned to fish, and that's good. And I appreciate it. We want uh, children without daddies uh, to be able to go. So that's our, that's our goal is to have children that never been fishing, don't even know how to cast a fishing rod to come, Hear the love of God and the gospel of the Lord as they catch fish. I think that's scriptural, amen? amen. 
And I know eating fish is scriptural, so y'all be scriptural next Saturday at 6 o'clock. We'll be down at the shed. If it gets too hot, we'll come in here in the air condition if y'all wimps. I don't think you are, but we'll, just, we'll see. Uh, Mark chapter 12, let's stand on the Word of God. I want to uh, preach this message, and uh, I got a burdened heart for our community. I went out yesterday and was following up on a little fella. I, I asked if he really got saved, and his mother was there uh, talking talking with us, and then I said, now you need to get baptized, and I filled out the little brochure that we have, great brochure, it has the date and the place that he got saved, and the mother was thrilled she got saved, and then he, he piped up and said, well, I've been baptized, and I said, what? I said, I thought, you, uh, I thought you just got saved in Bible school, and his mother said, yeah, he got baptized as a Catholic when he was a baby, and she knew that wasn't right, and she'd been saved too, and I thought about this message I'm going to preach. Uh, is that we need to pray for the religious but lost. And we need to pray for those in religion that they will be exposed for what they are. And I'm going to expose a little about it, so maybe that's why the devil's giving me such a hard time because I'm going to expose some religions in this community that are deceiving our young people. Verse 35, and Jesus answered and said while he taught in the temple, how say the scribes that Christ is the son of David? For David himself said by the Holy Ghost, I just had to read this again. The Lord said to my Lord, Sit thou on the right hand, till I make thine enemies thy footstool. And David therefore himself call, calleth him Lord, and hence he is then his son. The Lord's his son and the descendant of David. And, and then the common people heard him gladly. Now the questions are over, and being real nice is over. He, then, he now begins to scald their hide, so to speak, and expose religious charlatans. Look at verse 38. And he said to them in his doctrine, Beware, he's talking to the common people, listen to him, Beware of the scribes which love to go to long clothing and love salutations in the marketplaces and the chief, seat, chief seats in the synagogue and the uppermost rooms at feast. He's sitting in the temple saying this. Which devour widows' houses, and for a pretense, I want you to underline the word pretense, make long prayers, these shall receive greater damnation. And Jesus sat over against the treasure, and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which made a fathering, and he called unto him his disciples and said to them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all they which has cast into the treasury. For all they that did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Let's pray as we preach. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the Lord's indictment of religious charlatans. But God, thank you that he knows our heart. And Lord, as he pictures these hard-hearted leaders, he pictures a little widow and puts her last might into the offering. And Lord, I praise you and thank you, God, you know our heart. And Lord, my heart is I want to be a blessing tonight. Lord, I want to have the message from God. And I want you to speak to hearts. And God, not just speak to hearts, I pray that they'll listen. and They'll be changed. Not just stirred, but changed. 
God, we do need to be stirred as the devotion was on yesterday morning, but God, we need to be changed. We need to get enthusiastic about the things of God. But God, we need to do all of, all of it for the love of God, not the love of self. And Lord, we want to tell you we love you. We want to be real. We want to be transparent. We want to be as humble as we can be, uh, Lord, as your servant, and not get any vainglory or attention drawn to us. So Lord, help us. Help us, dear God, in these closing verses, after all that you bore in the questions and integration and the tricks and the cleverness of the scribes, how, Lord, you finally just let them have it. And I thank you, God, that you was a preacher that preached it straight. And God called sin, sin, and called religion, religion. So, Lord, deliver us from that and help us to reach all these young people that are being deceived by religion in Whitfield County. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Christ, Lord Christ, exposes hypocritical religious leaders. Had, he answered their questions. He was very nice, very receptive. They tried to trick him. They tried to trap him. They tried to give him puzzles that could not be solved. And straight and punch it, he closes this chapter out and says, you common people are listening to me right now. Beware of the scribes. And I want to give, just give you a few uh, verse, uh, thoughts tonight, a few verses on how you can uh, detect a fake. How you can detect a fake. He said, beware of scribes. I believe, first of all, they were probably surprised in the warning. The scribes were esteemed. Uh, as experts regarding especially the Old Testament. And I see the, uh, the scheme in the warning. Uh, he wanted to um, expose who was behind religion, and that's Satan. Satan loves to put on the cloak of religiosity, if that's a word. Uh, he loves to get people to respect those that should have no respect because they are empty, they're whited sepulchres, they're, they're just false and they're fake and they tend to be religious leaders that have great respect because uh, all, uh, especially a lot of folks in the Hispanic community have been raised to respect and honor their religious leaders. And I want you to see not only the, the, the warning about charlatans, but I want you to see the ways of a charlatan. Look at verse 38. So he said, beware of, the, of, of his doctrine. Uh, beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing and, have, and love salutations in the marketplace. Uh, and they achieve seats in the synagogues and the uttermost rooms at the feast. I want you to notice the word love. See, the problem with religious charlatans and that can be not just Catholics, but that can be cults, and that can be even be Baptists, and that can be your famous uh, TV evangelists that have no denomination because they want to be so neutral they'll attract everybody. I want to tell you something. As long as I'm pastor of this church, this will be a Baptist church. Amen. I'm not ashamed of being a Baptist. I believe there was a bloody trail to be a Baptist, an Anabaptist. We do not baptize children. We baptize believers. Amen. And I went over this little fellow, and he was so so open and honest, and I said, listen, you get baptized after you're saved. 
and it's a picture, and it's a, an ordinance, and he just shook his head, and he was so receptive to the whole thing, and I enjoyed visiting. I hope y'all had good visits yesterday. I believe it's important that we have good visits, amen? I went and saw my new neighbors. Uh, one of them wouldn't come to the door, but the other one did come to the door, and he was so glad to meet me, and I was so glad to meet him, and he said, I want to tell you something. I'm just painting this for my son. I live right across the street from your church, but I have noticed y'all have good crowds. I said, yes, we do, except tonight. Uh, we have good crowds, amen, and, uh, and he said, that's impressive, and he was so nice and so receptive, so I think I've got a prospect, but I want you to see Christ describes their lifestyle in these verses by what they love, but not, not only what they love, but who they love, they love themselves. Folks, when anybody tries to draw attention to themselves, they just love themselves too much. Can somebody say amen? They're religious leaders, but inside their heart is not to lead people to Jesus, it's to lead people to them and to religion. And I see the parading in their ways. They love long clothing. Now, folks, I love long clothing. I believe in modesty. I always uh, believe that you ought to attract ladies uh, um, uh, spiritually, not physically. I don't believe uh, that it's, it's um, the right lifestyle to attract people lustfully. And... Um, uh, but I, this is not what that means. It has nothing to do with modesty. These long clothing was the priestly garments. Um, when I was in Peru, we went into this big cathedral. Uh, remember that, Miss Connie? You was with me, wasn't you? I'm sure you was. I wouldn't go to Peru without you. And uh, we opened those big old doors, and I looked to the right, and there's Jesus in a casket. I've referred to that many times. And this immaculate, tall picture of Mary with with actually glowing out of her head. I mean, it wasn't thorns and crown. It was like uh, she was radiating. And I thought to myself, my word, what is going on here? I said, Brother Austin, what we need to do is let her rip right here and now. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. She said, don't you do it. He said, you'll get us all killed. He said, they got power in this place. They can execute you. They can, they can make sure you're... You're dead by sun, sundown. I said, okay, let's sing Whispering Hope then. But anyway, uh, you know, <laughs> but uh, then, then we went on down in this big, huge cathedral. I mean, this is a poor country, and it's all this gold and all these ornate things. And there's this little old booth that looks like a telephone booth. Uh, you remember the telephone booth? Amen, that's the past tense, telephone booth. And, and, and this little peasant had his hat, and he took it off, and then uh, and he went into this... Uh, uh, thing and he came back out just as sad looking as he went in. And some of y'all look like y'all been in a confessional booth this afternoon. Amen. Smile, it helps the preacher. Amen. And, and 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 he came back out and then all of a sudden everybody started hitting their knees. And there's this guy comes walking by and he has this little uh, 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 wand and 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 a smoke coming out of it and he's he's blessing everybody. And then he's got some water. Brother, you know where I'm coming from. You was there, wasn't you? And he's, spring, he's sprinkling everybody. I said, they ain't going to sprinkle me. Praise God. I was just rebellious that day, amen, in the middle of a Catholic cathedral in a poorest country in South America. And then, and then they all started hitting the ground. And they all started bowing to him. And they all started respecting him and honoring him. And, you know, that's all right. And I wish y'all do more of that when I walk down the hall, amen, just, you know, bow a little bit. But uh, no, not really. And uh, he was parading down that, that aisle with all this pomp and circumstance or whatever you, 
I mean, it was worse than a graduation service. You know, I hate graduation service because it takes so long to have 484 uh, names written, you know, but we all have the robes and they all put the tassel. And that's probably a great tradition. I just don't like sitting through it unless it's me graduating. But, uh, you know, they're, they're, and you say, you ought not to be that way. Well, I'm just honest. But, you know, folks, listen, they were parading with long clothes. Folks, they love themselves and they love the attention. Then number two, I see the, uh, the preferment in their ways. In verse 38, it says, uh, and they love salutations in the marketplace. Now when scribes passed in the marketplace, so help me, that people would stop what they're doing, except the marketers. Uh, they kept on with the business because they got a cut of it, so they didn't want them to stop. And the people would holler, Rabbi. And then they would holler, Master. And they would cry out, Father, or even my great one. And they would stop what they're doing and bow in the marketplace as the scribes and the Pharisees took their proper place, which is not their proper place, but their high place in the temple. The Lord's looking at all this, and he's, he's went through all these questions, and he says, you common people, let me just tell you something. It's Tuesday, and I'm going to the cross on Friday, and I'm going to be buried and rise three days later. But I want to tell you, these scribes and these Pharisees are nothing but charlatans. They love themselves, they love the accolades, and they love the position. Folks, that's not what a man of God ought to be. A man of God ought to be a servant. Ought to be like John the Baptist, crying, a voice crying in the wilderness. And folks, I don't like the title reverend. I don't even like the uh, title doctor because uh, uh, I didn't earn it. Um, Y'all can call Brother Jeremy doctor. I think he earned it. And, uh, but I, I didn't earn it. I was just uh, honored by Macedonia uh, School, and I'm honored to have that because Brother also probably listen to this tape and be totally offended that I'm not honored by it. But I am honored by it. The only thing I don't like about the whole thing is I can't read my diploma. It's all in Spanish. Could y'all help me with that? But I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's in the office. I can't read a word of it except my name. But I want to tell you something. I appreciate that. But listen, I'm not even a good nurse, much less a doctor. But I want to tell you this. Friend, I appreciate the accolades. I appreciate the faithfulness uh, of God over these years. And folks, but don't, don't, don't call me doctor. And, and I don't think you ought to call me Wayne because I think that's a little too colloquial. And I believe you ought to say Brother Wayne or pastor or preacher or just call me to the table and I'll come. But I'm just saying, uh, folks, listen, uh, it's not about us, and it's not about me, and it's not about you. It's about Him. And folks, if we're going to do anything for God, we can't fall in love with ourselves. We've got to fall in love with God. And folks, they love their dress, their, their long clothing. They love the salutations, and they love the uttermost parts of the room at the feast. They wanted to be uh, uh, in a position of the chief seats. And folks, then they even loved, verse 40 is, is, is horrible, but it's happening every day in the religious community. They love uh, taking advantage of some humble widows. I want you to look at verse 40. Which devour, that's talking about the scribes and Pharisees, widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers these shall receive a greater damnation. Folks, I want you to see the only, the only do they want the honor, they want the moolah. They want the money. 
And I'll tell you something, friend. I'm glad I've never had to beg for money in this church. I do beg for missionaries. But folks, it's not about money. It's about your heart. And folks, they targeted widows because these unscrupulous religious fleecers knew that they were vulnerable, knew that they would probably not have a, a husband to go home to. Of course, if they're widow, they probably didn't. Uh, and, and, and talk to and get advice, and they took advantage of them and swindled them. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. It's going on every day on our TV waves, and people are saying, hey, listen, send this and you'll be blessed. And send it. People send their retirements. They send everything. I once heard an uh, uh, evangelist say, uh, you know, we'll, if, you'll, if you'll give us $25, we'll send you a prayer cloth, and that prayer cloth will heal you of everything that's wrong with you. Probably including poison ivy. But anyway, you know, I thought, well, good night. Then another one came on the air and said, hey, if you'll just touch the, if you'll just touch the radio right now, just touch the radio, touch the TV, uh, you're going to get a great sensation and a great thrill. Thought to myself, you'll put your hand in the radio and in the TV, you'll get a better one, amen? Now, I'm not being uh, sarcastic, but I am. Is that, folks, listen, you can tell when a preacher or somebody in religious uh, is trying to, to uh, uh, have a pretense about their life. They're just not real. Uh, they pray long prayers in public to impress people of how much they haven't prayed in private. And folks, here they are, swindling people. Now, I'm going to be kind, but I'm going to be straight. One of the worst cases of this is when a priest says that you can pay somebody out of purgatory. And that people will give their life savings to the church to pay somebody out of purgatory. Number one, there is no purgatory. And in, 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 in hell, the, and in torments, the rich man lifted up his eyes immediately. Uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There is no purgatory. That is a false doctrine. But I'll tell you what is also a false doctrine, that you can pay somebody out. That you can be baptized for somebody else, Mormon and get them out of their limbo or whatever. And so, folks, there's a lot of people deceived in our community. They're deceived by religion. They're deceived by their respect that they've been taught since they were a baby to respect that priest, to respect that cardinal, and respect all the leadership, and do everything they say and don't ask questions. Don't read your own Bible. Let him read the Bible to you. They can't even speak the same language sometimes. They say, just don't worry about it. He'll pray for you, and he will tell you what you need to do. I'm glad that we are all priests in the Lord's eyes. I believe in the priesthood of the believer, and I believe we all got access to God. We don't need to come through a pope, preacher, or potentate. We can go directly to God through the blood, by the Spirit, and thank God we have a relationship with the Lord, not a dead religion. And so then I see that he not only shows their ways and, uh, and, he, and, he, and he warns them about the charlatans, but I want you to see, last but not least, the woe upon these charlatans. Look at verse 40. He says, Which devour widows' houses for the pretense, making long prayers, these shall receive the greater damnation. Folks, there's a sureness of judgment. God knows your heart. God knows my heart. And you know, there's one thing that we ought to do is we ought to keep our hearts humble before God. We need to serve God because we love Him, not because we love the attention. 
We need, to, we need to do what we do for God because we love Him and want to give Him the glory and not get the glory and not get the attention. God will expose them one day and He will expel them into hell. And folks, they're going to hell. I'm going to tell you something. He's exposing them today. I want to tell you something. This man-made doctrine of you can't get married if you're going to be a priest is of the devil. And folks, the reason I know it's of the devil because the Bible does not preach it. And the Bible does not, and folks, there is pedophiles by the numerous numbers out there that have seduced and molested altar boys and boys in the church all their life and thought they got away with it, and now it's coming out. And now it's a worldwide crisis in the Catholic church that they're just perverts. They're not men of God. They're not some priest to be adored. They're not somebody to follow. They're not somebody to trust. Friend, they are perverted because it's perversion of the gospel. It's perversion of what marriage is all about. And folks, I want you to know that it's coming out. So there's judgment now and there's going to be judgment later. Say amen. Whew, now you know why I had a hard time with this message. Because I'm always sweet and kind. I don't like to be like this, but praise God. So folks, listen, they're going to suffer eternity. But I believe some of those jaybirds, pardon the expression, I don't want to be too degrading, is suffering right now because they're being exposed. And folks, I believe every child molester ought to be exposed. Amen. I believe they ought to be exposed, and I believe they ought to be put in jail, not slapped on the hand and say, don't do that. Say amen right there. And folks, I want to tell you something. I see that the Lord now begins to show the real way through one little widow. And folks, I see the place Jesus over against the treasury. That's the court of the women in the temple complex. There's 13 trumpets uh, shaped receptacles for the offering. And they're labeled 13 trumpets of what these offerings will go to. And so we see in verse 41, Jesus set over against the treasurer or those trumpet containers and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. He's making a point now that many were rich, cast in much. They even said, a historian said that some of the scribes and Pharisees would have a band playing and they'd fall in the band before they'd put their money in the treasure because they wanted everybody to see them put their money in the treasure. Well, there's one little widow. She is poor as Job's turkey. I don't know where that came from, but that sounds pretty, pretty lean. And she didn't have much. And I see in verse 42, and I believe it comes all together here, it says, there was a certain poor widow, she threw in two mites, which maketh a farling. And she called unto him his disciples. He called, and he called unto him his disciples. She said, come here, I want to show you something. And he said to them, verily I say unto you, that this poor widow has cast more in than all them which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in their abundance. But she of her want did cast in all that she had even all her living. I see, folks, the situation for her giving. Number one, there was a wealth problem. She didn't have any. So that's a problem when you don't have any. Say amen. That's a real problem when you're, when you're broke. But she was broke, but she had a heart for God. And the widow's problem, there was a widow's problem there. She uh, had no Social Security in that day. She had no pension. She had no government welfare. You better watch that because they'll try to entitle you. The more you get from the government, the more they think they own you. And um, she didn't have any means of support. 
at all. And here she comes to the temple. The Lord's sitting there next to the treasury. He's seen all the scribes throwing great money with great uh, decor and great attention brought to themselves. And here's a little lady. And she gave from her lack. says so she gave of her want. She gave from an empty well. She had no bank account. She had no reserve. She gave. And then the Bible says, last but not least, she gave from her living. She gave from what she needed to pay her basic needs. She gave to the Lord. Now, I want to close this message. It's a very brief one tonight. And all God's people said, hallelujah, praise God. But I ain't closed yet. Here's a contrast. Here's a contrast. The religious person that loved all their fancy clothing, that loved the salutations, that loved the high place in the uppermost room, and that loved to take money from people in the name of God. He said, they're going to have their damnation. The disciples, come here. I saw all them put that in there. But then I see a, a little widow, and she comes, and she gives all that she has. And the Bible says in verse 44, she cast in all her want, all her money, and even all her living. You know, the Lord's not concerned about how much you give. He's concerned about how much you have left after you give. God wants us to sacrifice. God wants us to give much more than the tithe. He wants us to give faith, promise, missions. He wants us to give to others. He wants us to give uh, sometimes when we can't afford to give, sacrificially. But most of all, He wants us to give our living. He wants your heart. He wants you to serve God because you love God not that you love yourself. He wants you to serve God because He wants you to, he want, you want Him to have all the attention, all the glory, all the praise, and not all the attention and all the praise. This little lady, this widow that gave her all out of her want from an empty well, no bank, bank account, no reserves, and then he, she gave her living. Pictures what we ought to all have, and that's a servant spirit. And a servant spirit out of love. The Lord humbled himself. The Lord. Remember the Lord said to the Lord? He's Lord. He's God. Glory to God, he is God. Came down to this earth, humbled himself, came of no reputation, and he didn't give half of himself. He didn't go halfway to Calvary. He went all the way to Calvary. And he set the great example of how we ought to serve God. And that's because we love him, we adore him, and we want him to get the glory. Let's pray. Father, use this message. Thank you, dear God, for these final verses of Mark chapter 12. What a chapter it's been. What a challenge it's been. God, what answers you gave. But now, dear God, as you rebuked the Pharisees and as you rebuked religiosity and religion, God, we need to rebuke it. We need to rebuke it by living a relationship that's so real and so scriptural that the world takes note. And God, not to do it to be seen, not to do it to have the accolades of others, 
But God, do it for your glory because we love you. God, help us to give as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is our reasonable service. Because of the mercies of God, we can present our bodies a living sacrifice. Thank you, dear God, for setting the example of what kind of leaders we ought to be. And that's humble, yielded, sacrificial, not self-serving, but Savior-praising service.